Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. Well, hey, Slate Church, everybody that is hearing this message, whether you're watching on demand, whether you're tuning in online, hello to everybody out in Coburg, and a big hello to everybody in Elmira. It's so great to be with you guys here today. So excited about what God is doing and that he's reaching so many different places in our region and in our city. And just want to say a big uh, thanks to Curtis and Ramayan, all that you guys are doing, building that community out in Elmira. And um, it's just great to be with you guys today. My name is Jared Moore. I'm part of the team here at Slate Church, and I've got the uh, the chance to be able to work with a lot of our teams and kind of executing some of our Sunday services and working with our comms team and a bit of our online team here as well. And so it's a real honor and a real privilege to be able to be with you today to share a little bit about what God has been placing on my heart for this final week of our Deeply Formed Life series. It's been a it's been a really great series. Like been really challenging for me as an individual. So we're talking through all of these different spiritual disciplines that are core to who we are as a church, core to who we are as followers of Jesus. And I'm really excited to talk about the final two today as we're working through this series. But, um, but I want to just talk a little bit about this idea of a deeply formed life because I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vision that was birthed out of uh, our lead pastors, Pastors Brandon and Emma, of what it actually means to be uh, followers of Jesus. And they're just saying like, hey, we actually need to, to dig into this as a church. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about what it means to follow Jesus closely in our life and throughout our life. And I just want to say a big thank you to Pastors Brandon and Emma for bringing this, this idea to our church and helping us work through it as a community. It's an honor to be led by you. It's an honor to be part of your team. And it's a, I just want to say thank you again for the opportunity to be able to communicate to our church like this. But, but this idea was, hey, we need to figure out what does it mean to look more like Jesus over the course of our life? And if you're tuning in for the first time, this is a little bit new for you. If you've been watching through this series, I'm kind of talking about things we've talked about every week. But we don't want just uh, this series to change our behavior as people. Like as we go throughout our life, we don't want just outward transformation of things. We don't want to just be doing the right things or saying the right things or checking a box. I know that uh, that following Jesus and Christianity and church for a lot of people can just become like a lot of rules to follow, a checklist of things to mark off. Here's all the things that I do do. Here's the things that I don't do. And, and the desire and the heart behind it, it isn't ever there, but the outside looks really great. And Jesus actually cautions this in Scripture. He says you don't want to be empty on the outside. You're like whitewashed tombs and the inside is just empty. It's like a cup that never got the inside cleaned. And as people, we want to be um, individuals and followers of Jesus that our life is an overflow of what God is doing on the inside of us. That we're not just changing our behavior or changing our attitude to reflect what we think a Christian should look like or a follower of Jesus should look like, but we actually want to be transformed on the inside to look like Jesus on the outside. And oftentimes that's a much, much harder thing to do as followers of Jesus, to actually change our heart and to change our desires and to change our insides. I know often for myself, like we fill our life up with so much noise and day in and day out. If I'm in the car, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to the radio or I just got constant noise going on because oftentimes when I'm left alone with my own thoughts, with my own desires, with my own stuff that's rolling around inside my head, what comes to the surface, what bubbles up to the surface in that is stuff that I don't always love, stuff that can freak me out a little bit, stuff that's going like, oh, I know I shouldn't be thinking like that or I shouldn't be acting like that. 
And over the course of my life, while that stuff is going to continue to happen, I want it to happen less and less, and I want what comes out of my heart and out of my spirit and out of my being to look more like Jesus over the course of my life. And that's really what this deeply formed life is about, is how do we go about changing the inside of us to look more like Jesus over the course of our life. And we've tackled all kinds of different um, practices and spiritual disciplines all throughout this series. And I'm going to bring us uh, the last two today, and I'm just going to kind of tell you right off the bat what they are. We're going to be talking today about um, the practices of, of worship and celebration. I almost forgot what the second one was. We're going to be talking about worship, and we're going to be talking about celebration. And I'm really excited to talk about these two because they're, they're ones that have deeply impacted me on a personal level, on an individual level. And so I just want to um, read out of a passage of Scripture that kind of highlights a little bit of both of them, and then we're going to break each one down here together today and talk about how that uh, applies to our life and the implications that it has for us as we go about our weeks and as we go about our days as followers of Jesus and as people that are here part of Slate Church in the year, what are we, 2022 now. So why don't we pray? Actually, why don't we read scripture first and then we'll pray and we'll jump into everything. The passage of scripture I want to start us off with is coming out of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 to 25, all right? And the context of this is it's... Um, the writer of Hebrews has been talking about um, the, the freedom that we have through the death of Jesus. So now he, he's saying, like, you've got this access to God the Father. Your relationship with God is now open because of the sacrifice of Jesus, who has taken all of these rules that you need to follow in order to be in right relationship with God. And he's covered all of those rules. He says, even if you don't follow those things, if you would just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved and you'll be righteous before God. And this is kind of the, this idea of the gospel or what our salvation is based on, that we would actually not work for our salvation, but we would accept the free gift of salvation given to us by Jesus. And so the writer is talking about that, and then he goes into this passage in Hebrews, and it's, that's important kind of context for what this has to say. So we're going to read this together, and it's the end part that I really want to focus on today. But it says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And it's that part of not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. And why not give up meeting together? Because it's an opportunity for us um, to spur one another on towards love and towards good deeds. And there's something so powerful about us meeting together. And for those of you that are, that are um, online today, maybe you're tuning in and you actually attend one of our, our locations in Waterloo, and this week you're actually at home. Maybe you're coming from Elmira and doing the same thing. Maybe uh, online is your major way of getting connected into what God is doing through Slate Church. Um, there's still a community element that's necessary to, uh, to outworking our faith as believers. And I want to break that down today. Um, but why don't we pray, and then we'll jump into, uh, and jump into all that we have this morning. God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather around it. Thank you for the teachings that you have for us in your word. God, I pray that today we would have ears that are open to hear, God, and hearts that are receptive. Lord, oftentimes it's hard to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. 
but even harder to hear it, it's often harder to listen and to apply it and to allow it to transform us, Lord. So today as we, as we gather around these spiritual disciplines, God, would you open our eyes to the ways that um, we need to adjust in our life to be able to practice these? Would you open our eyes to the ways that we can change and transform to look more like you over the course of our life? We love you, God, and we thank you and offer this before you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited to talk about these two things because they've impacted my life in, in a fairly significant way over the course of my life. If, if I haven't had a chance to meet you and share a bit of my story, basically, like, I have grown up in church my entire life, like, kind of day one until now. Um, I was kind of going back through, and uh, at the end of my life, I hope that I get, like, a, a stat sheet on all the stuff that I did, uh, just, like, how many miles I walked, all these different things, because I'd love to see how many weeks I actually missed being in church. My family was so diligent on it growing up. When I was in high school, we were going every Sunday. Um, now I'm going like every Sunday, and I could probably like count on, on two hands, maybe 15 times in my life that I've missed like a Sunday service on a Sunday. And it's just kind of crazy to think about. It's the most consistent thing I've probably ever done in my life besides like breathe and, uh, and eat. Those are kind of the only two things that would take precedent. But, but actually going to church on a Sunday, it's just been a, it's been a, a deep part of, of what it's looked like for me to follow Jesus my whole life. And I thank my parents for this. A lot of the time, and I just thank God for for keeping that as such a, such a pillar in my life over the course of of my life, and 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 this discipline of 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 being in in relationship with other other believers and of worship and of celebration of actually being in church on a on a Sunday, um, it saved my life through different seasons. I remember in university there were long stretches of my life where I like years where I didn't do anything, uh, any of these other spiritual practices. There's no silence and solitude in my life. I was filling up every second with a friend or a conversation or a podcast or something. Um, there was, there was uh, long stretches of my life where I wasn't reading my Bible. There were long stretches of my life where I was avoiding God and not praying. Um, but in each of those seasons, it just felt so wrong for me to not be in church and actually attending on a Sunday. And so this is actually a really exciting one for me to talk about because it, it, it had such a deep impact in my life throughout my life and, and still to this day. And I think that there's something so significant about us gathering together as people to worship God and to celebrate His goodness and what He's doing. And I want to I break these thoughts down for us today a little bit more. And I want to start with this idea of worship. And the reason I'm talking about Sunday so much is because Sundays are a great space to outwork both of these disciplines. And so that's why I get passionate about it. That's why I tie it back to the way that that's impacted me over the course of my life. So I want to talk about worship first and this idea of worship. Often when we talk about worship, we think about um, what we do on a Sunday morning, or what we do on a Sunday evening, whenever we kind of attend church, if you're tuning in online, what you, got, what you just saw before this message component where we're singing these songs. And sometimes we can really pigeonhole what worship is and what it means. And I think it's important to understand the breadth of worship so that these times where we're actually singing these songs together as a community, they've got deeper meaning than just, as I've heard it said often, like Christian karaoke. It's more than that. It's more than just saying like words together at the same time. There's a depth to our worship that's significant. Um, Dallas Willard, he writes this book called Spirit of the Disciplines, and it's where I pulled a lot of this information out of uh, and kind of distilled it because he distills it in such a, such a powerful way. And I'm going to share a lot out of that, out of that book, and it's, it's informed a lot of this series. But he says it like this, and, and remember, worship, like these two disciplines are disciplines that we actively engage in as people. And so if like, I'm not talking about uh, worship that you're kind of observing, I'm talking about worship that you're engaging in as an individual. And he says it like this, in worship, we engage ourselves with, we dwell upon, and we express the greatness, beauty, and goodness of God through thought, the use of words, 
the use of rituals and symbols. So there's a bunch of different ways, but the core of it is we express the greatness, beauty, and goodness of God through these different channels and different means. When I read that, I was like, rituals and symbols, like, it's kind of freaky. Like, what are you talking about with that? Well, symbols, like, we don't have to, like, make that weird or anything like that. The cross is a symbol that we hold to as Christians, and the cross has so much, um, like, symbolized within that one image of what it actually means for us to follow Jesus and the the salvation that we receive through the cross. Um, And rituals are things like communion that we partake in as a community. They're things like even just singing the songs that we sing. Those are kind of like the symbols and rituals of our faith. So it doesn't need to be like a spooky or weird thing. But I love this idea about dwelling upon and expressing the greatness, beauty, and goodness of God. And and a major way that we do that is through our song. It's through our worship, like when we talk about worship on a Sunday morning. There's, There's so much like theology and 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 thought and and character of god packed into these different songs that we sing as a church i remember as a kid um this is like early on in my understanding of what worship was when i would fall asleep we would have this uh, cd that my parents would play in our bedroom um anybody have like cds that your family would always play for you as you were falling asleep and the one that we would always play um it was all these kids like worship songs and they were basically bible uh, Bible passages put to words, and I remember that's how I like learned the fruit of the spirit because there's this like catchy little fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and it goes on and it goes on. It's like catchy like weird little little tunes, and I feel like a dork singing them out today. But but I, it gave me like a depth of understanding of of what the fruit of the spirit actually was in my life, and I've held on to that over the course of my life. And as a church now, we sing songs like, um, like What a Beautiful Name is a, is a song that's a great example of this, where the, the lyrics say, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. We declare God's goodness. We declare God's greatness. We declare God's glory and His, and His, His worthiness to be praised. There's, a, there's another way of looking at this. It's to see God as worthy, to ascribe great worth to Him. It's our active part as believers to to see God for who he is, to, 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 I love that, to ascribe great worth to God. That God isn't just something that we fit into our life, but he's actually worthy of our praise, that we value him so highly. And there's an expression of that that comes out of us. And maybe that's sitting and pondering on, on the words of scripture, like Psalm 145 verse 3 says this, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. This is an example of worship coming out of the writer David. Matthew 6, 9 to 10 this is where we hear about the Lord's Prayer, and, and it kind of gives us an outline for what prayer is to look like. And it starts like this. This, then, is how you should pray. This is Jesus speaking about the Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When it talks about hallowed be your name, it's talking about, God, your name is worthy to be praised. May it be glorified by people. That's the, that's the beginning of the prayer is an exaltation, a thank you, a praise to God that you are worthy of our, of our praise. Psalm 8, verse 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. It would take me like months to go through all the different passages in scripture that are talking about God's greatness, his goodness, his worthiness. Revelations 5, 12 to 13, it says this. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that's in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Like these are declarations in scripture talking about the worthiness, the glory, the greatness of God. So that this practice for us is to take moments, to pauses in our life, to dwell on God's goodness, to dwell on his faithfulness, to dwell on his love, to dwell on his character. 
And as we deeper understand who God is, it brings more meaning to our worship. Like I think of the first time that, I, that I'm singing some of these songs, that, and it's kind of hard for me to put myself in those, those, the shoes of somebody coming into church for the first time because, as I just explained, I've been in here my whole life. But, but imagine you're coming in for the first time and you're singing about something you don't really understand. And so these words are on the screen and you're like, maybe they're true, maybe they're not. But as you get a deeper understanding of who God is, as you spend time in His Word, as you spend time with Him, and you reflect on His goodness, and you worship Him, and you ascribe worth to Him, you begin to deeper understand who He is. And out of you springs forth a song. Out of you springs forth words saying, God, you are good. You're worthy of praise. You're worthy to be praised. And I think it's, it's this kind of attitude and posture. The deeper we know God, the deeper our worship becomes as people. It moves from just Christian karaoke and songs that we sing to an outpouring of our heart through song, to an outpouring of our heart through meditation, for, to an outpouring of our heart through sitting and thinking, God, you are good. You're greatly to be praised. You're worthy. And the thing that I love about worship, like when it comes to actually singing in church, is that those words are given to you and you get to reflect on them and you get to think about them. You get to sing them back to God and we get to bring our part to God. And, and the Bible says that God actually inhabits the praises of his people as we bring our part to God to say, God, like here is our worship, here is, is our reflection on your worthiness. God actually meets us there and he speaks something new to us and he changes us and he forms us and he grows us and he shapes us. That's a powerful thing. These songs that we sing in church, they're not moments to be passed by or kind of tap your foot or hands in your pocket. They're opportunities to dwell on and express the goodness and the graciousness and the worthiness of God in our life. So worship is a big one. That's a huge piece. I spent a lot of time talking about it. I want to talk about celebration as well because it kind of goes hand in hand. And celebration is one of the most important disciplines that we actually engage with as, as Christians and as believers. And, and as much as worship is, is taking time to pause and dwell on who God is and lift our eyes and focus on Him, and this is often what we'll say, like, why don't you lift your eyes and focus on God, worship God, sing praises to God. That's our part reaching to God. Celebration as Dallas Willard says, he says, it dwells on the goodness of God as shown in his goodness to us. It kind of looks down to the world around us and the things that God has given us as people, the things that he's blessed us with, the opportunities that he's blessed us with, the people that he's blessed us with, the gratitude that springs forth from our heart for the things that are around us demonstrates to us the goodness that God has for us. It's still focused on God and it still reveals God's character and nature to us, but but it's done through our looking around at, at the world around us. We concentrate, or, or we concentrate on our lives in light of God's goodness towards us. And so, so Dallas Willard, he says it like this. Typically, this means that we come together with others who know God to eat, to drink, to sing, to dance, and to relate stories of God's action for our lives and our people. You see this all throughout Scripture, but this is, this is what I love about church. This is what I love about, and, and by church, I mean like church on a Sunday morning. We often talk of church as God's people, and it's so much more dynamic than a Sunday morning. But what I love about gathering as a church on a Sunday morning is that's the place where we get to get to know one another. And as we get to know one another, we get to share what God has done in our life. Even just my wife and I, we had our daughter Vivian, and that's such a joy to us in our life. And I get to share that with people, that God is good, and she's healthy, and we're happy to have her, and, and it's been such an exciting thing. We get to share the wins of our life. As much as we get to walk through the challenges of life with people, it's an opportunity for all of us to gather and share what God is doing. And in sharing and, and hearing what people are telling about what God is doing in their life, you're encouraged. Your eyes are lifting. You're going, man, God is good. 
the way that he's providing for that friend, the way that he's providing for that friend. Uh, we've got friends of ours that just moved into a house and it's like, man, God opened door after door for them to be in there. We've got friends of ours who, whose business is doing really well right now and we're just like, man, God is good. Like He's provided for them over and over again. And we get to celebrate what God has done together. And I, I love that this goes beyond just like sharing stories and sharing ideas, but it goes into a physical expression from us. We see this in, uh, in Miriam in Exodus uh, 15 verse 20. It says this, Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, she took a, a timbrel in her hand. What even is a timbrel? We don't have these things anymore. There's, I think it's like a... David, what's that thing called that people shake uh, for... A symbol? No, not a symbol. Um, you're probably like yelling it on the other side of the camera. Um, what is it? Tambourine! It's a tambourine. That's probably what it is. Something like that. It's a tambourine. Doesn't matter. I'm guessing that's what it is. But, but it says this. She's got a, a timbrel in her hand and all the women followed her with timbrels. She's got a bunch of these people with tambourines and they're shaking them and they're dancing. And Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord for he's highly exalted. Both horse and driver he's hurled into the sea. And this is when they've, they've crossed uh, the Red Sea and, and there's, there's freedom there. There's rejoicing. There's a celebration together of what God has done. Uh, Deborah in Judges 5, she, the whole chapter is, is a song to God of, of gratitude and of thanks. Uh, David in, in 2 Samuel, um, David celebrates God as he brings the Ark of the Covenant into the city of David. And he's dancing in the street and he's wearing, you know, kind of this loincloth and ridiculous clothing. And people are going, David, what are you doing? You're the king. You look foolish doing this. And, and this is where we get that line from David that says, I'll become even more undignified than this because the joy of his relationship with God and what God has done in his life is overflowing to the people around him. It's a beautiful thing to see. It's an amazing thing to see. This is why I think it's, it's so significant that, that as we gather as a church, we partake in all of these different things. We talk about prayer and praise. It was, it was done in that MC spot. And, um, and we talk about like, hey, if you've got a praise report, this is why we want to hear those from you. So we can celebrate what God is doing in your life and be encouraged. And, and, and that act of celebration as a church, it, it, it restores in us an understanding of, of God's goodness and his faithfulness towards his people. And that's, that's an encouraging thing. Um, it's also why we do like upbeat songs at our church. Why we, why we have a gambit, because there are moments to reflect and to pause and, to, and to, to, to worship God. There's also moments to dance and rejoice and be grateful. There's a gambit of emotion. God has created us with all of this inside of us. We don't need to be so somber and worried and, and tiptoeing around things. We can actually celebrate, because God has baked into our life. He's baked into our life rest. He's baked, baked into our life joy. Like, joy came from God. There's all kinds of things that God has given us to delight in and, and to take joy in that are physical in the world around us. Sometimes we try to pull ourselves so far away from that stuff, but to actually take joy in God's creation, like everything that we have is coming from God in the first place. Like there's no tree you walk by that God didn't create. Even the cameras that I'm speaking to now, as much as man's hands put them together, God created the minds and the materials that have made this camera up. So I can rejoice in that. Sometimes we pull ourselves so, so inwardly and, and away from the world around us. I love what Ecclesiastes uh, 5, 18 to 20, it says this, This is what I've observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God's given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possession and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift from God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. There's, a, there's an outlining here of like, actually enjoy the life that God has given you. You don't have to just toil all the time and, and everything's a battle and everything's hard. We can take joy in the life that, that, that God has given us. And, and I love this, like this celebration discipline. Listen, it's not the only discipline. You're not going to get by 
on your life just through celebration all the time because there are challenges. There are hard things that we go through. And this is why we say Sundays aren't enough. I love this, uh, this saying that Pastor Brandon always says. He says, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. So every side of the road. You don't want to swing too far one way and you don't want to swing too far the other. You don't want to avoid gathering with the saints to go, uh, hey, I'm actually just going to do this on my own. It's me and God. It's not really like an other person. It's very private. Like I don't really want to share what God's doing. It's just like kind of me and him. That's a ditch. When you pull into isolation, it's actually a very dangerous place to be. The other ditch is going like Sundays is the best. That's all that I need. I'm just going to be there. I'm going to dance around. I'm going to sing. I'm going to celebrate because that's not going to get you through your life either. You need more depth than just that. But, but all of these things interplay together. They work together. It's not one or the other. They all kind of combine. I got a, I got a quote here that I just want to, want to read out to kind of close this thought off. Certainly, this will seem far too hedonistic to many of us, but we dishonor God as much by fearing and avoiding pleasure as we do by depending on it or living for it. I love that thought. We dishonor God by avoiding and, and, and fearing pleasure as much as we do by depending on it. And I, and I want to talk about this because it all kind of wraps up in this idea that God has actually created us to be in relationship with one another. He's created us to have joy. He's created us to celebrate. He's created us to worship Him. The day on the other side of the camera, maybe you're somebody that actually feels really isolated and alone. Maybe you're going through a really hard time and you're going, man, I didn't realize that there was so much joy to be had in, in following Jesus, that He actually desires me to be in relationship with people around me, that there's actually joy that I can live out my life. I didn't realize that, that God loved me so much to pay attention to me and to reach down to me and say, I want to be first in relationship with you. Before you're in community with anybody else, God wants to be in relationship with you. So maybe you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus before and you're going, man, as you're talking about this idea of reverence and worship towards God, as you're talking about the joy of community and celebration, I want to be a part of that. I want to accept the free gift of salvation that God is offering me. I want to pray for you today. So whether you're on the other side of that, that screen or whether you're in Elmira or at Cobra or whatever, why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray together today. And I just want to say, if you're there and you're going, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus today, I want to invite you to just raise your hand. There's a button popping up in the chat. I want you to click on that as an outward expression to say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to make a decision to accept God into my life. And I want to pray for you today. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for those that are making a decision this morning, this afternoon, this evening, on demand to follow you. Whenever that time is, God, I thank you that you're present with them right now. And I pray that you'd be close to them, that your Holy Spirit would fill them, and that you would bring people along in their life that would encourage them, lift their head, and point them to you, Lord. We love you. We thank you. And ask this in your name. Amen. Listen, as we close today, I want to pray for one more group of people, and it's those of us that have maybe um, kind of slacked on what it actually means to worship God and revere Him and to, to fix our eyes and ascribe worthiness to Him. I want to pray for you today. Maybe some of us that are going, man, I actually haven't really been gathering with, with other uh, Christians, gathering with the saints and celebrating what God has. Maybe I've withheld the stories of what God has done in my life, and I need to share them with those around me. If you just want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit today, if you want a, a change of perspective around your worship and your celebration, your gathering as a church, I want to invite you to close your eyes, bow your head all, all across all the places, Elmira, Coburg, all that stuff. Bow your head, close your eyes. And if that's you today and you say, I want, I want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. I want joy in my life. I want to be able to celebrate what God is doing. I want to be able to worship Him in a deeper way, to know Him in a deeper way. Why don't you go ahead and, and raise your hand and I'll pray this morning. God, I pray for us that are, that are struggling today with, with our worship and our reverence towards you. I pray for us that are struggling with our joy and our celebration of what you've given us in the world around us. God, I pray that you would fill us anew with your spirit today, that you would reveal to us the joy of our salvation, the joy of community, the joy of your church, the joy of relationship, and the joy that comes in knowing you deeper and worshiping you more. We love you and we thank you and ask all this in your name. Amen. Well, hey, we're going to continue with the time of worship today, have an out, uh, opportunity to outwork this a little bit in our life. So it's been great to, to chat with you, and why don't we uh, join in some worship here this morning.
Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.